Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal series, five wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, and Susan's latest book, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at the Wise Woman University. But you can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Rebecca. Hi, Susan. How are you this evening? I'm just having a great time. I'm in Wisconsin. Yeah, how's the, you're doing the pre-conference right now, yes? Yes, indeed, we're doing the immersion. Everyone wants to say hello. (laughs) You have a lot of people there. That's awesome. How could you tell? How many women are with you right now? Hello, everyone. Well, I counted 30 this afternoon. Right on. That's awesome. Well, you have a studio audience tonight. 
<laughs> yeah, studio audience, exactly. Studio audience. So if you, they can't, last year's not canned. <laughs> Uh, yes, and we are very excitedly looking at the bound printed galleys of Abundantly Well. Um, it, it's wow. a little difficult it's a little difficult on one hand, having the bound printed galleys out. Of course, it's wonderful, exciting, and fantastic. But, you know, I can see all of the horrible, glaring errors. And so I kind of feel like, you know, when you're in one of those dreams when, you, when you're like standing somewhere naked where you're not supposed to be naked. <laughs> it's yeah. just barely endurable. <laughs> But it as it gives us an opportunity to get rid of all of those difficult things. Durga Bernhardt, the illustrator, is now talking directly to Mike Wagner, print manager at Sun Graphics, because her graphics did not come out in black and white; they came out gray. Oh wow! Right, so hooray yeah. that we don't, that it's not yet right. Mhm. Because I would really, yes. I would be tearing my head. If I was looking at five thousand copies like that, but yeah, yeah, we're supposed to be finding those kinds of things. So they're working on it. We'll see. I, and I I'm waiting for my emails. They're including me in their emails, but it's does not making a lot of sense to me what they're talking about. So it's okay. I'll, they'll figure it out. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. They will. I'm sure it's stressful <laughs> getting it all together but thank you for all your hard work and dedication and getting another book out I'm so excited to read it yes your copy went off to you yesterday I'm eagerly waiting <laughs> and we're, we are uh, pre-publication selling the book um, we went, you know, skittling around on the internet, and Amazon is already pre-selling it. So we figured, well, if they're pre-selling it, we better pre-sell it too. Um, and mm-hmm. since we would prefer that you buy from us rather than them, we're also going to offer you um, half off on the accompanying video course. Oh wow, cool! Yeah, yeah. Good you know, to know. That, uh, that Justine came up from Costa Rica this winter, and we we, you know. Did I? I don't actually know if she ever told me exactly how many videos we did. I think it was somewhere around fifty videos to accompany the things that you would say. Oh, that's a meditation. How do I, you know, do that while I'm sitting with my eyes closed? Well, I've read it out loud to you, so you can just, you know, listen to it. Mhm. Yes, that's I'm like in the healing wise. I was. I want to uh, pre-re, you know, pre-record the meditations in there. I never had done it, but you know, just to have them and and uh, be able yeah. to listen to them instead of reading them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's wonderful. And some and somebody just sent me her book, and she wrote a book about um, a survival. People who survived 9-11, people who were there in the building and survived. And she was one of those people, and she was part of a survivor's group. And she, I thought, why is she sending me this book? I mean, it's beautiful. I'm so happy to have it. How wonderful she did it, but why is she sending it to me? And I opened it up, and then I realized she had tagged pages where they were talking about using my meditation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice to mm-hmm. see it spreading. Mhm. Yeah. We have I think a very your influences far and wide. Yeah. 
Natasha mm-hmm. Pilgrim is going to be with us tonight. She's a, a woman who was born in Amsterdam, but she's lived in Portugal and as well as Holland. And she's a clairvoyant. And um, instead of doing that, um, she started companies and was a successful businesswoman in the fashion industry. And then um, about six years ago, she said, enough. So we'll find out more from her in an hour and a half. Yes, sounds good. Uh, We have... A few people waiting on the line to have their questions answered. If you have a question for Susan, please press 1 to ask your question. And uh, are you ready to jump into the first question, Susan? Mine as well. Let's go. All right. (laughs) The first caller is coming from the 907 area code. Hi, Susan. I have a question. My question has to do with um, plants. Is there a way that you could tell a plant or leaf is high in tannins? You could soak it in water, and if it turns the water brown, it's probably high in tannins. If you want to go further than that, you could use the brown water. You could put a piece of white cloth in the brown water and then wash that cloth, and if it's still brown, it definitely has tannins in it. Ask anybody who's ever filled any <laughs> infusion, right? Oh, yeah, tannins. Hmm, they say. Oh, there Whoa. you go. Right? There you go. <laughs> Whereas oh, nettle, that's my which appears even darker, nettle. doesn't contain tannins, and so you can get it out, but the comfrey, forget it. Okay. All right, Tannins, Susan, that's my question. Tannins are called tannins because they were used to tan leather. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oak I was bark. Th- oak bark is a superb source of tannins. And like in, in my area, in Woodstock, the stream is called Tannery Brook. And it's the stream on which the tannery was because that's where the oaks were. Most of the area around me is oak forest. And it was used for a variety of what nowadays we would call light industrial uses, tanning things, glass making, brick making, some really interesting things that, that the oak, because it burned well and because it was so tannic, was used for. Those tannins act as astringents in the body. And one of my teachers said that astringents are like exercises for the cells because they don't just contract the cell. They contract the cell and then the cell expands and then they contract the cell and the cell expands. So the cell is doing little like push-ups, right, in the presence of astringents. And the tannins, the black tea is loaded with tannins, right? You could use that test. Right. Drop some tea in water. Does it turn brown? It does. Put a cloth in it. Wash it. Does it stay brown? It does. A green tea doesn't have those tannins. Exactly. All right. So tannins mm. are used. Tannins are used, um, to my mind, to kind of firm up the body. 
They're used especially in situations where tissues are considered to be too relaxed or even lax. I remember a woman in Germany talking about this endless vaginal infection that she had had. She said it went on for years. And nobody could really figure out what it was. Was it a combination of things? And she tried one thing, and it would get better for a little while, but then it would get worse, and it was just driving her nuts. And then an old Swiss woman suggested that she do an oak bark sitz bath, and she said, two oak bark sitz baths, and it was all gone. Whatever it was, it was totally and completely gone. And oak bark is one of the few barks where herbalists aren't lying. Most of the time when an herbalist says bark, we don't mean bark at all. We mean cambium. We mean the inner layer under the bark. But with oak bark, you can just really go after somebody's wood pile and grab a handful of oak bark. It's just fine. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay, Susan, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Hope that answers your question. Green That's blessings. right. Thank Goodbye. you. Good night. Our next caller is coming from the 845 area code. Hi, Susan and all ladies. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, Susan, I had called you a few weeks ago, and you suggested I call you back. And sadly, I called at an unfortunate time. It was very close to the end of the show. Um, And anyway, I called you. Thanks for calling right away. I'm sorry? Thanks for calling right away. Oh well, I I I did. I well, you know, it was I wouldn't have called you, but there was no one on. Like it was empty, so I thought, well, let me try to get on there. But but you had said something to me. It was a little bit scary to me, and maybe I overreacted. But um, I had talked to you just to remind you that I have um, th- thought I had some kind of urinary tract infection about a year ago, and I feel like um i i've done it i i i drink my herbal infusions day religiously sometimes too because i just love them so much and and i i you can't believe this i think they're turning my hair back from gray to the original color it's crazy but anyway um i i get this feeling that i have to still it's very fatiguing. Like I still have to urinate, even though I'm not urinating that many times a day and I'm not incontinent. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night. And you had said, well, it could possibly, I mean, there was a potential bladder cancer issue and I could break and enter, which I certainly don't want to do. And you asked me specifically if I was doing my corn silk, which you had originally suggested. And I said I was, but you know what? That wasn't 100% true because I had tried it and I treated it as if it were a, a, a pharmaceutical in a sense. Oh, it didn't work. I tried it a few times. So what I did was, since I haven't spoken to you for two weeks, is I've been religious about it. I've been taking it in the morning. I've been taking it in the evening and sometimes a third time during the day. And I'm happy to say that it has helped but it's happened really slowly and i wondered um if you thought i should take something else and sorry to be so wordy i just wanted to let you know everything that went down no that's wonderful you're not being too wordy at all just perfect. oh thank you 
Yeah, you know, it, it's what you're touching on is one of the primary reasons why most people use drugs instead of herbs. Because drugs work fast, mm-hmm. and you only have to take them, you know, seemingly a few times, although um, somebody said now instead of prescription medicine, we have subscription medicine. Mm. Because the move is more and more to put people on drugs that they have to take for the rest of their lives. Uh Um, And people tend to associate that really fast response with being healthier, although we know that every drug has side effects and that those side effects accumulate. Mm -hmm. So working with herbs can be more challenging because it requires us to take more care of ourselves to pay more attention to ourselves, to do things more frequently. Mm-hmm. So I think that you're getting um, a lot of benefit from the corn silk mm-hmm. and that the the slowness of it um, is an enticing invitation from your bladder to slow down. Mm. You know, when I was writing down there, the task that I set for myself was that each organ was to speak for itself, which meant that I had to listen very, very, very carefully to the organs to put down what they were saying. And the most important thing that the bladder said was, it all goes round and round, but in the end it comes down to me. Hmm. And with the... What the bladder means is that everything we're feeling may seem like it's in our head or may seem like it's in our heart, but our feelings actually wind up in our bladders. It's not for nothing that we say that angry is being pissed. Say that again, angry what? When people are angry in the United States, they are pissed. Oh, I'm sorry, of course, yes. Right, in England, if they're pissed, they're drunk. Right, right, pissed as a fart. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right. But but in the United States it means being angry if you're pissed off at somebody. Oh my goodness, of course, yeah. So what I'm hearing is that the corn silk is inviting you to cherish slowness. Mm, okay. And I'm not hearing you say anything about real difficulty. You're not having burning. You're not having urgency. Your life is not being made a mess of. So I think it's appropriate. Well, it did. The thing, the reason why I actually brought it up with you, I mean, I kind of, I read down there and it felt like, that's what it could be if it was nothing else. I mean, I don't have bleeding, I don't have burning, but I have that constant, I mean, it was, not. I shouldn't say constant, just in the morning more than ever. And I, what it was doing to me, Susan, when it got, when it started getting a little worse all the time, is that if I wasn't really busy, as I, as I am, always running around, paying attention to something else, it was fatiguing me. It was making me not want to do the things I like to do. And that's when I got a little nervous, and that's when I started suspecting, oh, my God, what if it's bladder cancer? And then when I called you that night, it was like, well, you said, well, maybe that's what it is. 
I just said, okay, I've just got to stop messing around, and I eat good and everything else, but I've got to start just, you know, I felt like I lied to you about the corn silk. I mean, I didn't. I did take it a few times. I bought the pound of it. It was hard to find. I found it, but I wasn't religious about it. And now I'm just wondering, I mean, I know it's slow, but it's still, I mean, it's it's been two weeks, and I guess that's kind of normal. I have to be patient, but I wondered if I should... And maybe this is me being too rushy again, but if I should I add the yarrow or the uva ursi or 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 something else or I mean I've been doing a little cran- real cranberry. Um, just wondered if I should be doing more. So, do you think you have a, an infection in your bladder? I do not think so, and I actually. I, um, I, what you're saying, I don't think so either. So yarrow, uva, ursi, cranberry, those are all things that are affected if there's a bladder infection. Okay. Okay. Since, since we don't think there's a bladder infection, um, and if you were 50 years older, I would say, yeah, well, it could be a bladder infection because they're a little less obvious as we age. Um, I'm 62. But at your age, if you were 20 years older. Oh, I got you. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. So what we're also finding is that, you know, we're, we're doing checks on older women's urine and finding, you know, bladder infections and treating them. But those women are not healthier live any longer if we mm. find in, in, that with antibiotics because the antibiotics is not really helping. So it, it just... It's certainly always a possibility, but I don't think that's what's going on. It's interesting to me um, that I said, well, the corn silk is inviting you or enticing you into slowness, and then you said, oh, well, you know, the real problem with this was that it was slowing me down. Oh, my goodness. You're absolutely right. And as I was asking you for more things to do, I was having the realization as I verbalized that, that I'm actually, oh, my God, there I go. I'm rushing everything again, you know, and thank you for for underlining that. I I don't think you're necessarily rushing things, but I think that your bladder is inviting you to explore what it is to be slower. Not all the time, not everywhere, but in some essential part of yourself, there's something that, like one of those fidget spinners that got started spinning, right. and it's not doing anything anymore. It's just spinning. Oh, my goodness, Susan, you're speaking so much truth. It's like you're the clairvoyant one right now. Okay. I I, if, I owe if, you many you days say, of work I, practice. Yeah. So if you say, I just, that's it. I can't drink any more corn silk. I've had it with the corn silk. Marshmallow is another wonderful soother to the bladder. Oh, okay. That's right. You've told me that. And I, for some reason, just didn't bother getting that's it. Okay. Yeah. And I prepare the marshmallow. The marshmallow is just like my nettle or my comfrey. Or do, would yeah. I do it differently? An ounce of quart, let it sit overnight. You got it. 
Okay, great. Can I do that with my rose hips? Because I'm, I'm sorry, I, I always call corn silk I rose can. hips. Excuse rose, me. rose hips make a wonderful infusion. Now that it's starting to get warmer, we make hibiscus infusion. We dilute it back when we drink it because hibiscus infusion is pretty sour. Um, mm-hmm. People make goji berry infusion. They make amla berry infusion. They make elderberry infusion. Lots of berries can be used for infusion. What we want when we're making a nourishing herbal infusion is something that isn't aromatic because that aroma means that there's volatile oils and we don't want to concentrate those by that long steeping. Okay. And I, uh, right, ideally it has some nutrients. The herbs that I've ha- chose as the primary ones are ones that are exceptionally rich in protein and exceptionally rich in minerals and have really good vitamin content. You mean the five so, that you've chosen that we use all exactly. the time? Exactly. So rose makes a lovely infusion but has no protein. I see. How about my, my corn silk? I'm using it correctly by just making a tea out of it, or should I make an infusion out of that as well? The corn silk that you bought, is it cut up? The corn silk I bought was from um, Frontier, and it's it's dried, and it's like it looks it looks just like tobacco, but thinner. So it's still in the long strands. Yeah, it's yeah, they're not that long. They're pretty broken up. It's pretty dry, so they're pretty broken well, up. Like you dry. can stuff thin thermos really easy. Uh, my experience, because I always work with the corn silk that I dry, is that there's just simply no way I could ever get an ounce into a jar because it's big and it's fluffy. So yeah, it is. What I, you have the whole the whole jar would be full if you got an ounce, right? Exactly. So right. I, 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 I buy or get organic sweet corn throughout the summer season because I live in an area that grows a lot of, of sweet corn. Right. And I and I dry the corn silk. And I, when I lay it out to dry, I lay it out in sixes. And then I put those away in the silk from six years of corn is what I tend to use in a quart. That's not much, right? It's not a whole lot but in terms of weight because it mm-hmm. hardly weighs anything. Right. So can I put that in a basket? Is that the same thing I would put in a basket and and then let it dry like a basket that you close? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I use open, flat baskets. And if oh, they're not open. Flat, okay, so I don't have to, it doesn't have to have a, a, a basket lid on it. It could just be open. I have a lid on it if you're drawing an herb. I will get a, maybe a basket that has like a slight up to it. Right? Yes, so yes. Right over the edge. Yep, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's because good. Because there's, there's no... Protein to speak of in it, um, it dries easily. Herbs like nettle are trickier to dry because they're high in protein and they want to rot. Oh, okay. Free stock individually because otherwise they're just going to rot instead of drying. But corn silk doesn't have that protein and it's very light in texture inhale, so it dries up really easily. And I use the whole thing, the part that's laying next to the corn as well as the brown, already dried up part sticking out. Oh, okay. I was just imagining the end part, but you're using everything that's inside the husk. Yes, the whole thing. Okay, great. 
So no, maybe have, it's a lot more than what I would think. Right. I have to buy some organic. I have to get some organic corn. So I guess you're get you're if you're getting that locally, I'm your neighbor, so I should be able to find that too. Yeah, you've got the same you just got the same area code, so you can get good organic sweet corn too. Perfect. Thank you so much, Susan. Sorry to ask you such a long question, and I appreciate okay. and see you lots of love. And feel free to call back again anytime you need to. I will, and I didn't mean to be such a scaredy cat about that, but I was. I'm my mom's going this scope, and I know that just the little bit I've read about it, even the darn peeking in there. It's, I guess it's the only way to see bladder cancer, but it causes all kinds of problems, too, or can cause all kinds of problems, too. Um, Susan, is there any way to discern that you have bladder cancer if, if like, this keeps up and doesn't go away without the breaking and entering? I meant to ask you that last week but we, or whenever it was. Well, there's kind of two paths open to us in this kind of situation. You mm-hmm. can use some kind of non-traditional diagnosis. You could go to somebody who does pulse diagnosis. Oh, okay. They, they wouldn't necessarily give you a diagnosis of cancer because it's not necessarily the kind of terminology that they would use. Mm-hmm. And the treatment, of course, because of you thinking in different terms, might be really different as well. And one of the real stoppers there for most people is insurance won't cover it. Right. So if you if you have, you know, and one of the things that I started doing about 20 years ago was setting aside $100 a month in a health account. Right. So that when it when I was faced with any decision, should I be, that I would really feel free to choose what I wanted to do not based on an economic squeeze. Okay. Right? Your insurance is going to pay for you to go to an MD to have that invasive exam and then to be treated um, or not, Mm -hmm. as the case may be. The insurance at this point isn't going to pay for you to do something else. Right. It's always possible for us to be in touch with ourselves and say, send me a dream. Right. right. Many people feel that they can't, like, approach it directly, and that's that's kind of true. Um, it's like, you know, attracting wild animals out in the woods. You don't want to be, like, staring at them. You want to get them out of the corner of your eyes. It's the same kind of thing here. All right. You don't want to go stomping around in your bladder demanding to know what's happening. Right. So, so by asking for a dream, um, the information you get will be more symbolic. Right. But it will help you ascertain. And you can be more specific. You can say, you know, if I if I really need to be afraid something bad is happening, send me a nightmare. And if I don't need to be afraid and everything is okay, you know, send me a, some wonderful dream of love and, you know. Mhm. Okay. Right. Use your use that intelligence instead of theirs. Um, is is there natural cures for it, or ways of of helping it or stopping it? Well, it's interesting to me that that sometimes the people who do best uh, when they have a cancer diagnosis are the people who are told, "Well, I'm sorry, your cancer is so far advanced. There's nothing we can do for you." Um, right. They're out of it then. 
so then th- then they don't have to deal with those treatments. But for every one of those, there's also somebody who says, um, I, I'm going to beat this and I'm going to use absolutely everything at my disposal. And mm. I had one woman that I've known for a very, very long time who was diagnosed with cancer a long, long time ago, and she said to the doctor, she said, you don't understand about this cancer. This cancer is a really deadly cancer, and you have got to use not only the worst chemotherapy, I mean, but you've got to double the dose. Oh, God. And she's still alive 40 years later. Hmm. So it doesn't always work. It doesn't always not work. There aren't any guarantees. Right. But and there's I other use besides getting yourself out. One of the things we can do for ourselves is that once we decide what it is we're going to do, that we don't second-guess ourselves. We don't harass ourselves. Mm. Right. Take whatever time you need to, you know, decide what it is you want to do. And you can set a time limit. You can say for the next month I'm not doing anything. But then at the end of that time limit, reassess. Right, okay. better worse? What other information do I have? What, what are my dreams telling me? Okay. Where do I need to do, seek more information at this point? And it's important also when you set a time limit not to nail yourself down to it. So suppose you say, I'm not going to do anything for a month. And then two weeks from now, it seems a lot worse, and you're having nightmares. You don't have to wait a month. Right. Right. Okay. You know, my okay. mother has basically an incurable bladder infection for the past six years. She's 80-something years old, 83. And I feel like there's part of me that takes I, – I don't know for sure, and I have to keep questioning. Like, I take it on because – you know, she won't listen to me to do anything. I mean, I can't tell her what to do, obviously, but she's letting them give her all kinds of antibiotics, and she's even had C. diff, which is from all the antibiotics, and they can't cure her, and I hear about her pain every day, and I feel like there's a possibility I'm, a, like, somehow, I I don't really know how to explain it, but I know you understand what I mean. You love her very much, and you do not want her to be in pain. No, but I feel like it's like I'm... And, of course, my of course my rude comment when you said your mother won't listen to you and do what you say, I said, hmm, like you listened to her and did what she said to you. <laughs> right, because she wants me... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. I didn't come out right. But, but it's okay. <laughs> but no, but I mean, I... No, but if... Listen, if she hears it on Dr. Oz, suddenly she's eating her kale, you know? But if I bring it home, it's not the same. <laughs> but you... Then, I sent her some. I already did that. I did that for sure. Thank you so much, Susan. I I, I am ever grateful. Green blessings. Good night. You too. Bye-bye. The next caller is coming from the 919 area code. Hello. Hi. Hi, Susan. My um I I wanted to tell you really quickly, my son is so cute. He knew that I was waiting on the line to talk to you and he brought me in a huge bouquet 
of plantain, of like these massive plantain leaves. So I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> what, what's his name? What's your son's name? It's Oscar. Oscar, thank you for that beautiful bouquet. All of our questions. <laughs> yeah, they're my little budding herbalist. I try very uh, hard to to involve them as much as possible. <laughs> it, um, it reminds it reminds me of a time that I was out with uh, my granddaughter. I think she was five or six, and her friend, who's a year younger, and um, I got hurt in some way. And she said to me, "Just wait a minute." And she ran and got a plantain leaf and gave it to me and said, here, this is what you need. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. Yes, and I think I also, I love that. I love it when they start to care for each other. And I really am trying to encourage them to kind of, like you always tell us to do on your show, um, to feel into what's going on with them themselves without me telling them, you know, oh, you must just be tired or you must have this kind of thing. Um, and my seven-year-old is doing really well at that, so I'm very proud of him. Oh, wonderful. And I'm, and I'm very proud of you, but what great momming you're doing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a question. My question is, um, I have a, I, I was told I have, a ganglion cyst on my right wrist, um, and I've had it for, it's been at least 10, about 10 years now. I got it chopping wood uh, and just kind of, you know, I was young and foolish, and I was kind of playing and just started, like, wailing on this log to chop it and just um, injured my wrist. And what happens is it, like, I get this lump right at the, at the joint of my wrist um, every once in a while, it it was it, it it gets exacerbated when you know there's like um torque there's like weight far from my hand and i have to carry it so um i've been able to kind of manage it and improve it a lot uh by mobilizing it you know hands and knees position on the ground and stretching it that way and then the opposite way doing just lots of like mobilizing of the joint but it flares up every once in a while uh, it's flared up right now because I weed whacked for like an hour the other day and I wanted to know I mean I I'm a, I've never I don't know maybe it's I just have a hard time I've never experienced a poultice having an immediate effect and now that I'm saying that I'm thinking of what you just said to the woman before about like slow and um long healing with herbs but anyway um yeah do you have any herbal suggestions that might help when it does get flared up that's my question (laughs) absolutely and so just to be clear i'm not saying that it takes herbs a long time to have effect okay saying that we need attention to ourselves and that like i i personally um, have found Echinacea absolutely uh, ally to deal with a huge number of different infections, but you got to get in there, you got to take a lot, and you got to take it every hour at first. Mm-hmm. And not that you have to take Echinacea for years. Usually the infection will be gone in a few days. 
but you have to really be on it and doing something for yourself, not just like going somewhere and taking a pill with half an eye. You have to really be focusing yeah. on you in a different way than we do when we take drugs. So that said, you're absolutely right. To dissolve something like a cyst um, usually requires long care. And mm-hmm. what is really helpful is that poultices and soaks are most effective when they're done frequently for short periods of time. What's mm-hmm. easiest is, oh, let me just do a big thing and I'll leave it on for an hour and then I won't do anything at all again for two or three days. And what's most effective is I'll do it for five minutes every morning and every night. Okay. So that kind of repeated application. There are, are quite a few things which are known as discutients, which are agents that dissolve tissues. Perhaps the most famous is red clover. Hmm. And the blossoms will be coming into bloom soon on a bright, hot, sunny day. Pick some for oil. And the red clover oil has been used for hundreds and hundreds of years to dissolve non-cancerous growths. It's fairly easy if you keep something like this by your bedside, right? So when you wake up in the morning, you rub it in. And then before you go to sleep at night, you rub it in. Now, to my mind, we can add to the effect there by looking at what we're actually thinking or envisioning or visualizing as we're applying that. Mm-hmm. So there's a possibility that part of you thinks you deserve to have a cyst because you overdid it. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> and so you might tell that part of you um, – I may have overdone it then, but look at the good care I'm taking to myself now, of myself now. It's time for this cyst to go away. It served its purpose. And you might then also ask yourself, is there anything that's going on that is somewhat similar when it flares up? Is this a time where you're also feeling like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have done that or I wish I hadn't done that? I don't think that I don't think that you need to suffer anymore from your indiscretion with the firewood. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know and I don't know if it's actually, it's interesting that they call it, I don't exactly know what the definition of a cyst is, but from my understanding, it's like, they, okay, the little bit I read is it's synovial fluid that like comes like out. So it makes a lump. Uh, I don't, I don't really understand. That's, the, that's, 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 
yeah. of a cyst is a lump that isn't cancer. Okay, okay. Got it, got it. Right. So okay. violet leaf is also a renowned discutient. Okay. And there's a lot of violet leaves around my place this year. Violets have very much enjoyed the wet spring. And, mm-hmm. again, you can do a direct violet leaf poultice. Okay. Which could be picking a violet leaf, chewing it up, mm-hmm. putting it on the area. Mm, yeah. If, right? You're just going to do it for five minutes. You're going to sit there and you're going to hold it on the area for five minutes. All right? Okay. Nice. Make nice with that area. And... Yeah. Um, on the other hand, you can't have, you know, it's a little harder to have the violet leaves right there by your bed. Mm-hmm. Comfrey leaf, of course, is traditionally used any time there's any kind of disruption at the joint. Comfrey strengthens and is more flexible the tissue mm-hmm. of the body, most notably the skin the bones, the tendons, and the ligaments. Comfrey also strengthens and makes more more flexible the mucous membrane, the digestive system, the respiratory system, and the reproductive system. Mm-hmm. So comfrey can be taken as an infusion. You don't have to apply it as a poultice. Mm-hmm. Could I take, because I do drink the infusions, could I take the material too and maybe like if I if it is inflamed, use it as a poultice, the, the leftover herb when I take it out of my infusion? Certainly can. And if you have an old towel, old kitchen towel that you don't mind getting stained because it will stain it, I put that still slightly damp comfrey um, into a kitchen towel um, you know, layering it like I was going to make a jelly roll and then roll it up like a jelly roll and stick it in the freezer for a little while and then use that cold cup. Oh, that sounds nice. Mm-hmm. If there's material with it, it's a compress. If there's not, it's a poultice. Okay. And then there's a fomentation. And a fomentation is that there's material but no herb. So you dunk the material in the comfrey infusion and apply that material to the area. Oh, they okay. all work. Poultices, compresses, fomentations, they all work. It just depends on, you know, what what's easy, what works for you. And it's times when I have treated, you know, injuries where I'm treating them for weeks, I just run through all of them just to keep myself from going stir crazy. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, a quick question just about, let's say, because down here we're a little bit ahead of you and the violets are older, as, is the, as are the plantain leaves and everything. Is there a difference in terms of the, I guess, the potency of their goodness um, <laughs> as they age? Like is, a, is an older plantain leaf, does it have less of the um, healing qualities? Well, or let, me, more. let me ask yeah. you this. Would you rather have a ginseng root that's one years old or ten years old? Yeah, ten years old. Okay, age is better. 
Age is better. Okay, that's what I kind of figure, but because right, like young kind of seems like they're waterier and and yes. you know. I, I, I yeah. like young plantain leaves in my salad because they're ten more tender, but I don't yeah. put violet leaves salad until they achieve their mature growth. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's really good to know. Well, thank you so much. That was great information that I am going to apply very soon. <laughs> you are welcome. Just one other thing. You say that you're yeah. drinking a break, and that's, that's fantastic. When I'm, like, for instance, when I was working with my wrist that I messed up in Costa Rica, um, you know, I was drinking comfrey every day. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it, and it, I could, it, and I'm thinking like when it's flared that, up, I could was, just make it extra. Yeah, and I was only drinking comfrey like for the first week or so, and then I would drink okay. like my regular quart of whatever infusion we were having that day, plus a cup or two of comfrey. And I kept on, you know, drinking the comfrey for, for quite a long time because I wanted to keep getting all of that um, strength and flexibility from the country on a distant basis. Yes. And I okay, have great. thought I need to do that, and I haven't, and now I'm just, now I'm super motivated to do it. <laughs> All righty. So, thank you. Green blessings. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Green blessings. Good night. Good night. The next caller is coming from the 503 area code. Hello. Hi. Hi, Susan. Oh, my gosh. I am so happy to talk with you. I'm such a big fan. I listen to your radio every week. And I've been doing nourishing herbal infusions for about two years. And I wanted to call because I've been having a series. I'm going on a walk. Breathy. Uh, Reoccurring yeast infections. And I recently got your book, Down Under. And I've been eating my tacky. been taking my tacky tincture and golden seal tincture and sage. Um, And I've been doing a lot of probiotics. And sauerkraut and kimchi, and I've, like, cut out sugar and refined grains just because they keep coming back to the point where I was, well, like... Well, I'm a little unclear on the concept here. Why eat yogurt and kimchi when you're taking golden seal, which will kill it all? Oh, okay. Well, that is exactly why I want to talk to you. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just been... There's just been so many of them that I, I've also been trying boric acid, and that seems to help. Um, but they just have been so reoccurring. It's been nine in the past six months that um, I was wondering if I should take a more. You have a, you have a sexual partner or partners? I do. I'm with a man currently, and we've been together for so about six months. So it like, What's happening is you're getting an infection, you're clearing it, and then, you're, then he's giving it back to you. Yeah, I feel that. I know. I've been. I've been thinking about that. So um, you know, ap- applying more remedies to yourself is not is not going to change this cycle. The only way to change the cycle is 
to figure out some way to not get reinfected over and over again. Yes. Okay. Because it sounds like um, what you're doing is effective and you're clearing the infection, but mm-hmm. then, then you get They're reinfected. Just kind of- I know, I know, and it has been kind of a pattern of, like, when we've been together, and then it happens after, and because there's been so many, I'm like, that's what I've definitely been feeling. Um, Are there herbal allies that I could offer him? He's doing herbal infusions, and he's also avoiding sugars and refined grains for a month with me. Um, But do you think, like, garlic, like eating garlic or... Well, you know, in 50 years, I've used golden seal once. In fact, if I had to choose between golden seal and, say, um, uh, ampicillin, I'd definitely take the ampicillin any day over the golden seal. Okay, that's really good to know. Golden seal is just so really mean and harsh on the body. Yeah, and it's intense tasting. I know. It's definitely no pleasure, no treasure. It's not the nicest. (laughs) Not that at all. So what I would think would probably be the the thing that that could be done um, in a togetherness kind of way to get rid of the Mm -hmm. rest of that golden seal is to dump that golden Mm. seal tincture into a bathtub and the two of you sit in it. Oh, I love that. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Warm. Right. Yeah. And let's, you know, because if I use golden seal, and the one time I use it, I use it topically. Okay. For like acute infections? No, or I just... actually use it for a woman, a woman who had been flayed in a car accident. Oh, okay. But our accident and the car had rolled and the skin had been flayed off of her arm so wow. that from from about the front shoulder all the way around to her back and down to her elbow, there was no skin left on her arm. Wow, and you uh, put the golden seal. What they, what they did in the hospital was to put antibiotic ointment on it and then mm-hmm. um, bandaging. And every time they wow. got the bandaging off, it pulled off the restoring tissue. Oh. And I've had I have had quite a few doctors tell me that the, if you want to really make a wound not heal at all, put antibiotic ointment on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, so by the time she came to see me, it was a nasty mess. And I said, okay, first we take the bandage off, then we wash off the antibiotic ointment. I know, you know, you do it because I'm really a sissy about hurting people. Um, And then we just took golden seal powder and we sprinkled it all over where she didn't have skin. Wow. And very quickly we could see it being absorbed into that area and starting to kind of like become granular. And she came back the next day, and you could already see that it had formed kind of a scab over it, and the redness, it had a, an edge, and it was red, and it was really hot. 
and the redness had receded by at least 50%. It wasn't hot anymore. There wasn't a real demarcation between the good skin and the not-so-good skin. And we sprinkled more golden seal on it at that point. And then she called me a couple of days later, and she said, you know, it's to her it was just an absolute miracle because she had suffered with this and didn't think wow. it would ever heal. That's amazing. So golden seal really, really good in that way. But that then also makes it dangerous. Yeah, cause because it's so powerful. Tetanus, tetanus, no, because tetanus is a common soil bacteria. And if you get a deep wound and use golden seal on it, then it will seal quickly at the top, leaving an open, unhealed space inside where tetanus can grow because it's anaerobic. It can only grow in a wound that's healed on the top. Oh. So people say, oh, you get Stepping on a rusty nail. Well, tetanus has nothing to do with rust and nothing to do with nails. Although, yes, you could get tetanus from stepping on a rusty nail, but not because it's a nail or rusty, but because tetanus is a common soil bacteria. And a puncture wound will tend to heal across the top, leaving then Mm -hmm. an interior space where tetanus can grow now in an oxygen-free environment. If you are wounded and elect to go, into modern medicine, they will stitch you up, which means the wound is now closed at the top, leaving that space mm-hmm. for tetanus to grow. The thing that they do immediately afterwards is give you a tetanus immunization. Mm-hmm. They have just created the perfect place for tetanus Environment. to grow. Environment. So golden seal can get you into a lot of trouble if you use it on okay. wounds that need to be slowly from the inside out. And it won't get you in any trouble at all if you say, just golden seal powder on an umbilical stump. Mm. Where we want that that dryness, and we want it to cake up and heal. That's what we want. Yes. We want it to dry out. Okay, so So I'm going to stop taking... Think about it. But internally, I'll, I'll tell you my golden seal story here. I, golden seal is a native North American plant, and I n- knew that the you know the native people used it. And I kept asking, "How did you use golden seal?" Oh, we use this for dye, and that's its most popular um, translated native name is yellow pecoons. Right? It mm. makes it makes it yellow. And I kept getting the sense, "Well, you said it's a dye. You said it's a dye." And I kept pushing and saying, "No, no, no, no. I want to know. You know, like, did you use it internally? Did you use it as an anti-infectious? Good. You said it's a dye. You said it's a dye. Finally." One day, an older woman said to me, you keep asking about golden seal. I said, mm-hmm. If I keep asking, eventually somebody will tell me. Mm-hmm. I said, no, no, you used it for something other than time. I want to find out. She said, okay, I'll tell you, but you won't be happy. I said, all right, go ahead. She said, well, I know that you know that Native groups made war on each other and that they um, would torture and I said, yeah, unfortunately, I have read enough to have actually come across descriptions of the tortures, some of which were quite elaborate and very imaginative. I said, mm. but, but certainly gave me nightmares. And she wow. said, well, what you probably didn't find in your reading and probably didn't know is that um, women were taken prisoner and tortured too, but the women were allowed to torture the women. The men tortured the men, but the women tortured the women. Um, and one of our favorite ways to torture a woman, 
uh, that we wanted to torture, and not in favor of torture. <laughs> I'm say speaking for myself, but she's talking about it. She said we yeah. would tie her up, and we wouldn't give her anything to eat or drink. And we'd keep that up for about as long as we felt that she could, like, sustain it, right? And then what mm-hmm. we would give her would be um, golden seal, either as a root or something to drink. And wow. then one of, three things, one of three things would happen. The golden seal would destroy her liver. The golden oh seal would destroy her. Or the golden seal would actually... Um, cause such intense gastrointestinal distress that her intestines could perforate. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And I'll tell you, <laughs> these are three of the nastiest ways to go possible. I can imagine. That does not sound ideal in any way. <laughs> I'm like, I will not be taking this internally again. <laughs> I'm really happy I called you. Um, could I yeah. also ask about... I did get some poke root from Red Moon Herbals just as like an emer- I got like all the um tinctures that you recommend bringing with you on travel and I got poke root. Um do you think if I get another an ally cuz it is so powerful like anti-infective? Or a yeast is not an infect a yeast is not an infection. No. You don't have an infection. Anti-infectives yeah. aren't going to do it not an infection. It's an overgrowth of something that lives in your vagina. Mm. Okay. It's not um, an infection. Anti-infective okay. herbs are not going to work. It's yeast. Yeah. Why are you okay. not eating sugar? Because yeast loves sugar, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Anybody who's made beer or baked bread can tell you that yeast loves sugar. Yes, definitely. All. all right. So um, it's yeast. It's not an infection. Right. Okay. This yeast lives in your vagina. Mm-hmm. And it prevents infections by other worse things. Okay, but it's just when it's the when it's off balance, it overgrows. When and then, when it it, it it could be something as simple as the pH of his ejaculate. Mhm. Definitely. All right. If you're not using okay. condoms, if you're actually directly experiencing his ejaculate, it can change the pH of your vagina enough that mm-hmm. that. Candida, which is there all the time, says, oh, yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. You tried boric acid. Acid acidifies, right? Ejaculate mm-hmm. tends to be alkaline. Okay. Um, and it's, and... of course, from man to man, how alkaline that is and how acidic your vagina is and how those things are going to be like. I have actually met women who were allergic to a particular man's ejaculate. Yes, I have a friend, and I honestly was, like, wondering if I was minorly allergic to him, um, just because it's been happening so much. But, no, I definitely have heard about that. Um, yeah. What do you, do you recommend Podarco so, infusion? Again, again, for, simple, for oh. simple solutions, one way would be use a condom. 
Yes. Well, even when we did, I still would get a yeast infection. Gotcha. In exactly yeah. the same way? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you could speak for this yeast infection, what would it say to you? Uh, maybe just like feeling overwhelmed. I feel like whenever so the, I it, get it, one, I feel like the yeast infection in says, "I have come, to, I have come to to give you rest when you're overwhelmed." Yeah, I think so, and to like make me accountable to my power, and to like come back to like my health and my sovereignty, because I feel like whenever I get one, I just am like, okay, I need to be alone. I need to be with myself. I like, I really go internal and I'm realizing maybe it's like becoming a pattern so I can have that space instead of like really asking for it. And I'm definitely working on that and being aware. So I don't like mm. need the the yeast to like help me to create that space for myself. And I've definitely, so, I'm reading your book has so been really each, helpful. So each, each time you create that space for yourself, say, hey, vagina, hey, yeast, look what I'm doing. You don't need to do it for me. Yes. Okay. Right? I love really that. Acknowledge yourself when you do it, right? And because as organisms, we want to survive. Totally. Right? All organisms want to survive. If a tree is struck by lightning and burned on half of it, the other half will grow. We want to survive. Mm-hmm. And somehow we have been taught or told or convinced that if we have an in- overgrowth or an infection or a problem, that, that our body has betrayed us. Mm, yeah. Most of the time, it's not a betrayal at all. Most of the time, it's our body giving us information about how to stay alive. Yes. Yes, I love that. I love that. I know. Part of me, because I've had so many, I feel like every time I've gotten one, I've I've learned something new. And I feel like the past few, when they've come up, I've just been like, thank you so much for communicating with me. And thank you for telling me where I need to be more careful and, like, what I need to do. Because it definitely is a communication. But I don't, think it's tell- I don't think it's telling you to be more careful. Yeah. Like What you said is it's telling you to claim your space and your need for space. Mm-hmm. Which is different than careful. That's true. That's true. More boundaries. Careful is, careful is like, you know, you're, you're not doing stuff. Not claiming your own space. Well, it's difficult for everyone to say, mm-hmm. I need to be alone now. I've enjoyed being with you. Yeah. Goodbye. I need to be alone. Mm-hmm. And doing it without guilt or any other things. Just feeling good about it. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I will find my time. I will find my time more enjoyable after I have spent a day entirely by myself. I'll give you a call. Yes, that's the truth. Right. I love that, and I yeah, and just checking in ahead of time with myself and my body. I think that's huge. I know because I'm like I know it's definitely on a physical level, but there's always an energetic level too. So. And I appreciate we your guidance just, and your wisdom. We are wisdom. not physical beings. We have feelings, right? Yes, so many feelings. <laughs> All the feelings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, so, I, so I, I, I don't really hear anything here about being more careful. I think you're being wonderfully careful. Um, but I think that you, like the vast majority of people, um Feel like it's somehow wrong to ask for time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I know, and it's so like what what some people do is they just schedule it in, you know. Yes. Okay, I love like that. Every right every Wednesday evening is alone time, and I'm not with anybody. Whatever, it works for you. Yeah. Okay. I, feel, I, that's, I think that's a good plan. Yay. Oh, thank Yay. you so much, Susan. Okay. I appreciate you. You are welcome. And my experience is that you can eat all the yogurt in the world and it won't do a thing about a vaginal yeast infection because despite what some senator has said, the vagina and the intestines are not connected. Okay. Real. Okay. So you want to use okay. yogurt to counter yeast infection? You know where it goes, and it's not in your mouth. Yes. Okay. Yes. Definitely. All right. Um, okay. It's plain. Beautiful. Not flavored. Yeah. Right. Plain. No okay. sugar. Okay. Green okay. blessings. Good night. <laughs> Bye. The next caller is coming from the 734 area code, and it looks like we have about five callers in line still. Eow. Okay. <laughs> Are you Hello? there in the 734? Okay. Yes. Hi. Oh, hi. Yes. Yes, I am. Hi. hi. My, name is, my name is Christine, and um, I have um, done herbal infusions for myself during my perimenopause. Um, I just got a call. I'm calling now about my I'm daughter. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Excuse me. Stop. You are not allowed to say the word perimenopause. Oh, I'm sorry. I will not then. I will okay. not say that anymore. I, I know. I know that I'm taking up important time here. But let me tell you that. Oh gosh, over 25 years ago, I was on a TV show, a panel discussion about menopause, mm-hmm. and uh, there were some pretty interesting characters there. One of them was an older white male gynecologist who believed that a woman's life ended at menopause unless she took hormones. And he was very upset, extremely upset with my position that menopause is a passage to power. And I noticed, because it was, you know, an hour-long panel discussion, there were six or seven of us, I noticed that he kind of withdrew and stopped talking. And I thought, well, maybe he realized that his position just totally untenable, right? But as soon as the cameras were off and the lights were off and the microphones were off, he turned to me and he said, you are going to ruin the life of any woman who believes you. And I am <gasps> going to do everything I can to subvert 
your message and to make sure that no woman ever feels any power from menopause. And what ah. I have done, I've been here, and I have created a word that will disempower menopause, and it's called perimenopause. And uh-huh. I'm going to write articles, and I'm going to get this word put out so that no woman can ever again believe you that it has anything to do with power. Now, let me ask you this. Were you ever in peri-puberty? Oh, absolutely not. Well, there ain't I no peri-menopause you. either, okay? I hear, I hear you. I hear you. Thank you. Yeah. You're in menopause. And You're a menopausal woman. There's nothing peri about it. All right. Thank you for that, and I, I am, um, I'm, I'm hearing you completely on that, and I will never use that term again. Right. Yeah, thank you. Else. Now, okay. my, tw- <laughs> now, <laughs> my 20-year-old daughter just called me. She's um, in college in Chicago. Are we talking about Saying, her? Mom, oh, we're talking about we her. Yeah. So her? now I'm talking. I don't. Excuse me. I don't do secondhand consultations. Oh, you don't. Okay. I do not. She's absolutely right. welcome to call me, but I'm not going to talk to her via you. All right. I, that, that's, that's fine. I'll have her call you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Get the menopause book. <laughs> the next caller is coming from the 402 area code. Hello. Are you there in the four zero two? Yes. I think she can just you said hear hi. Me? Yes, we can oh. now. Hi. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Hi, Susan. Yes. Hi. Hi. Yes. Hi. Um, it sounds a little bit quiet. Um, I was just calling. I drank all of your nourishing herbal infusions, and I wanted to thank you for your wisdom. And I read your book while I was pregnant and I took the skull cap and the St. John's wort when I was in labor and it really helped. But um, the question that I have is what is your, like, do you have a skincare routine that keeps your skin so nice and vibrant besides just the um, St. John's wort oil and drinking the comfrey infusions? you have any special thing you do? Well, I do shower, and so there is some water on my face when I shower, but other than that, I, I don't put water on my face. Okay. I never, I never wash my face with water and or soap. Since I was 15, I have removed from my face anything that shouldn't be there with witch hazel. And you can go to the drugstore and buy witch hazel extract. Uh-huh. And, you know, and it's pretty alarming. You know, you spend the day in the city and you take a cloth and you put witch hazel on it and you wipe your face and you're like, gee, look at all that. I wonder how much of it I breathed in. <laughs> you can see the soot and everything that you have been walking through. Whereas in the country, there's hardly anything, maybe a little dust. So you can really see the difference. Witch hazel is um, toning to the skin. It's an astringent, so it helps to tighten the pores. Uh-huh. Um, but, but, of course, we all know that the health of your skin is from the inside out. And the thing that is most important in healthy skin is good fats. 
and yeah. plenty of them. All right, I'm uh, I, just to make it easy for people. What I say is a third carbohydrate, a third protein, and a third fat. Okay. And right, and olive oil is a fabulous fat. Butter is a great fat. If you don't mind your food tasting, like coconut, coconut oil is good fat. Avocado oil, fat from organic bacon. The fats that are difficult on our bodies and don't the skin health are fats made from seeds. Okay. So like so that, flax seed so oil. Would, so that would be flax seed oil, soy oil, corn oil, sesame seed oil, almond oil. These oils can be used externally. Jackie Onessis Kennedy loved almond oil for her skin. But I'm talking about eating them. I'm talking about from the inside out. Coconut oil is wonderful. If you want to really look, you know, like super and you're going out, just take a little coconut oil and put it on your cheeks, right? It does much better than rouge because it brings the blood up to the surface so you get a little red and it has just a little bit of a shine and people want to get close to you because it smells good. Yeah, I've I've done that before, like as like a highlighter on top of my makeup, but on my cheekbones and it. It was good. So. A little bit of coconut just, oil. Really, really yeah, makes just, it nice. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to ask you because I know that, I mean, you always look so beautiful and so radiant in all of your videos and all of your, you know, all of your pictures uh, that you have. So. Yeah. You know, honey is also just a really wonderful thing for the skin. And if I'm feeling like, oh, you know, whoa, you know, really uh-huh. deep, you know, or doing too much, I have a little jar of violet honey that I made. And in this instance, I will put water in my face. I put water all over my face, and then I take the violet honey, and I rub it into the water. And it actually just disappears into your skin. You think, And then you go to sleep, and you're sticking to your pillow. No, you're not sticky at all. Huh. Right. And, you... and the the honey holds the the moisture into your skin and pulls it into your skin even out of the air. Huh. That's that's good to know. I mean I like I've not put honey on my skin. I've sort of been afraid to do that, thinking that it might be drying. Oh, no, it's the opposite. It's very moisturizing. Huh. In my Green Witch Correspondence course, one of the um, projects is to have a beauty day with a friend or two. And one of the Correspondence Course students wrote and said, well, I live in Costa Rica, so for our beauty day, because all the avocados in my avocado tree were ripe, we went swimming and then we mashed avocados all over each other into our hair and our bodies and our faces. How's that for beautiful skin? Yeah, that's yeah. nice to be that able to do that. You didn't have to buy them. <laughs> that right. Was beauty. You had to buy them. But she had an avocado tree full of avocados. 
there are wonderful books on natural things that you can do for your skin, and they they're all lovely, right? Egg yolk, mayonnaise, as well as avocado, right? In very high place spas to really make the skin taut, and they call it like a botanical facelift. They use enzyme from pumpkin have you ever cut up a bunch of zucchini or pumpkin and felt what happens to your fingers well you take a Um, piece of zucchini or pumpkin and you rub it on your face and same thing happens to your face huh I've thought about that like making like a pumpkin mask but I just haven't done that yeah I just there's it's not a good season for pumpkin right now, but in the fall, I'll definitely do that. Probably, so you say probably, um, probably right now in June it would be better to make a strawberry mask, huh? Yeah. Mash up strawberries with a little cream. Mmm. Put fruits and vegetables on your face. It's good for your skin. Okay. I also want to thank my singing teacher, who is constantly putting his finger in between my eyebrows so I don't frown. That's good. And you, can, you, you can do it to yourself. If you feel yourself doing that, just stick your finger there and go. It helps you remember. They just, they just released a study showing that people who got Botox, because that prevents that too, right? The people who get Botox lose their friends because their friends don't think they like them anymore. Huh. Right? No facial expression. That's terrible. So you do, like, you always eat, like, one-third, one-third fat with your meals. Or, I mean, you use, like, the, the for people to eat one-third fat. Over the course of a day, approximately a third of my calories are coming from fats, yes. Okay. Okay, that's that's good to know. I mean, that's like might be a little bit more fat than what I'm eating now, but I usually try to eat like a lot of fat, like the butter, the olive oil. So. Um, and I will also eat, so yeah. I will also admit that I eat a lot of fish. A lot of fish. You know, my sweetheart and I think that a great breakfast is a piece of toast and sardines. I know, I'm the, lucky, I'm the lucky person who has somebody who likes to eat sardines with me. I did a short survey, and most people eat sardines alone or with their cats. <laughs> See, luck out with a sweetheart who likes sardines. Woo, you got a good one. And we also eat, you know, herring, right? We love um, herring and cream sauce. I would say, you know, maybe... Four mornings out of the week, we'll have some kind of small fish for breakfast. Wow, that's a lot. That's it's a lot, a lot of fish. Plus, plus, I have one or two fish dinners a week, too, so I'm eating fish between five and six times a week. Wow. Wow, that's and good. That's... Right. Smash fish, sardines, mackerel, anchovies, salmon, herring, smash, S-M-A-S-H. Okay. 
That's good. I have some herring. Like, I try to eat herring, too, sometimes because the fat is really good. So I have, like, some cans of the polar herring, and I eat that mm-hmm. instead of tuna because the tuna has the mercury. But I'm not eating it. I thought, like, eating it twice a week, like, that's a lot, you know. But, wow, it's five or six times a week. That's definitely a lot more than what I eat. But I'm a lot younger than you, Susan, so I'm just looking forward to I want to age, like, gracefully like you. So. <laughs> Thank you so much for so, the compliment. Thank Green you. Blessings. Have a good night, Susan. Thank you. Green you blessings too. to you, too. Bye-bye. The next caller is coming from the 603 area code. Hi, Susan. Thanks. Hi, Susan. Thanks so much for taking my call. Okay, a couple of things um, I'll ask quickly. Um, what would you suggest I do for a, a uh, I had my ears pierced, and one of them just was refusing to heal. What tips would you have for me for that? It's like bleeding, and um, I don't know really what to put on it, what to do for that. What have you tried? Um alcohol, some kind of stuff they gave me when I had my ears pierced. Um, and I'm wondering what's the best kind of, oh, and I realized that the, the hook type of pierced earring is not good. So I switched post one after I took out the ones that they shoot in, you know, those t- tiny little ones, because um, I thought it was healed pretty well, but then when I started wearing those, like, fish hook type, it seemed to open it up again. So I've switched to using the post kind, but I don't know if it's, like, um, pure uh, gold or what's the, other, what's the kind of earring that you should put in your ear. Is it stainless steel, um, sterling silver, or what's in the face kind of metal in an open wound like that if it's still open, and what would you suggest to apply? So you might try witch hazel. Okay. Witch hazel, witch hazel um, is astringent, so it will contract the tissue, and it's also hemostatic, which means it stops bleeding. Okay. And again, you can just buy it at the drugstore. If that is not effective after two or three days, you mm-hmm. might try you might try echinacea tincture. Okay. I but have no some. I, I, I have some. I have some conflict. I, I have some conflict because um, I don't really quite understand injuring oneself. Mm. And so, my honest, heartfelt advice would be: let it close up. Yes, of course, that would be. I don't. I. 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 I admit, I. It really makes me want to close my eyes and go away when I see people who have injured themselves to insert pieces of metal into their bodies. It's not attractive to me in any way at all. Understood. Yeah. So 
that's those are a couple of ways to hopefully, you know, get it to work for you. And then you might consider that maybe your ear is saying, why are you doing this to me? Stop. Yeah, one is fine and the other one is not. So you um, could be the girl who wears one earring, right? I'm sorry, what did you say? Then you never have to worry. Then you never have to worry about losing them. <laughs> okay. The other thing okay. I, I want to ask you quickly is, thank you for that. Is what kind of soap would you use to wash the dishes by hand in the sink, and also in the dishwasher when I do use the dishwasher? Because last week you talked, some, uh, in, you talked about using castile with no scent. So then that led me to believe, oh, my God, i got to stop using what I'm using on my dishes, too, which has, you know, the So what, would you, what do you use to wash, to wash those things? Well, I don't have a dishwasher, unless it's called okay. an apprentice. But my daughter does, because she runs a and d and has to have a dishwasher, and she uses e-cover. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. And what about for washing clothes? Well, I have bought, um, I don't even know what they're called, but they're like mesh baskets that have a kind of mineral in them, and you toss them in with your clothes and you don't have to use any soap at all. That's what you use? Yeah. I've heard of those. I think they're quite expensive. But then again, you're not buying laundry soap. What did you say about laundry soap? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that. I I said yes, but then again, it is a big. It's definitely it's a big initial expense. But it, yeah. then, I mean, I've had mine for a long time, and I just use okay. them over and over and over again. I don't think okay. they ever expire. Right? Okay. And I then I have, and then I have little like rubber fingery things that go in the clothes dryer. Because those those non-clean sheets are really vile. Oh yeah, yeah, and and there's a, some type of a rubber fingering thing for the dryer. It's yeah, it's, it looks like a rubber ball, but it's got like rubber spikes sticking up out of it. Oh, right, okay. About, they're about the size of a tennis ball, and you just stick them in there, and they fluff your clothes up while they're drying. Okay, I found that rinsing my clothes in vinegar, um, I don't have to put any softener or anything. That that works for me. There you go. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And I uh and and one other one please, the quick question on the Echinacea Golden Seal. I have this tincture that is a combination Echinacea Golden Seal. I don't even know why they're saying it selling anymore from what I heard you say. I just caught the end of it. What can I do with my Echinacea Golden Seal tincture because I was actually using it to You give it to somebody you don't crop. like very much. I mean, did you say that you can use it? I said, give it to, I said, give it to someone you don't like. Wow. So don't use it at all. <laughs> Golden sale. Some revenge works too, you know. <laughs> hey, I have this Golden Seal Echinacea I don't use it anymore. Would you like it? You know? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay. I hear you. Okay. I hear you. Don't use it. Okay. Is there okay. anything I can do to help myself? Because I use green, it all. Green, green blessings. I have to get. I have to introduce okay, my guest now. Green blessings. Thank, thank you, you for so calling. Good night. Early on, be happy to talk to you more. And my apologies to the couple who. Susan, the couple can who you? Um, I, I'm just looking for the, her number in the queue. 
Uh, Natasha, if you're here, can you please press 1 so I can see what number is yours? I'm not seeing we anybody about, press. We're talking about how late talking about how late she has to stay up if she's in Amsterdam. Right. Yeah, I'm not seeing right. her number. She uh, really wanted to do the interview, so I she said I that she was going to make it work. So, so um, is a a private number on here? Is this you? Hello. No. I guess not. Um. Let's see. Well, if you want to give her, a, if you want to give her a call, Petty Cash will cover the long distance. Okay. Let's see if this will go through here. Sorry. It's okay. I'm just reading her questions here, and one of them is, what are your personal sheroes? This is an interesting way to put it. I remember uh, Louisa Tisch uh, many years ago told us, she said, um, there are heroes, but there are no heroines. The number you have dialed has not been recognized. Please try again. Okay, I guess it's not going to let us make a phone call. Okay. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So let's dial, give her one more dial? chance here to press 1, Natasha. Please press 1 if you are here. And Rebecca, I do not see did, her. Rebecca, All right. Um, Rebecca, well, Rebecca, did you put yeah? 011 for her number? Oh, one, one. No, I did not. Whoops. That's the problem. That's what the plus means. Oh, yes. Oh, one, one, and then dial her number. And that's why they didn't recognize it. The number you have dialed has not been recognized. Please try again. Nope, it's still not going through. Still not going through. One, two, three, four, one, two. It does look like it has a country code here. If I was at home, I had my little list of country codes and I could be sure that whether or not we have the right country code there. But um, Yeah, I can look on mine too. Here, um, how about um, let's go to one of these next callers that has a question and I will look up her country code and we can try her after that caller. Okay. Does that sound okay to you? Sounds just fine to me. Okay, the next caller is coming from the 718 area code. Hi, Susan. Wow, I'm really lucky. I had a, uh, <laughs> I was on um, college campus today, and there's a lot of greenery there, and I seem to be reactive to it. I don't want to call it an allergy, but um, my eyes like were itching and feel very dry. And I was wondering what I can do for that. I, I, I'm a little unclear as to whether or not I've understood what you've said. I think you said that there was some St. Patrick's Day thing? No, the, the, like the grass, when they're cutting the grass, and even when they're not cutting it, when I was walking on campus today, 
Um, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. So you think you're he- you think you're having a reaction to the grass pollen? Yes. Yeah. I understand now what you're saying. Right. Okay. Grass is a flowering plant. Okay. We don't reckon. Can I say it's a flowering plant? Uh, because it's wind pollinated. <laughs> Most trees are flowering plants, and we only recognize the ones that have things that we call flowers because most trees are wind-pollinated, too. And when you are wind-pollinated, it is pointless to put on a party dress. Right? You only have to gussy up and look good if you're trying to attract a pollinator. (laughs) So wind-pollinated flowers are usually green or don't exist. Like grasses just kind of have the sexual organs dangling out with nothing around them because, really, you know, it's it's pointless to, to be fancy. And wind-pollinated plants produce a lot of pollen. Mm-hmm. Because you never know which way the wind is blowing, right? Right. So the, so the boy plants are just pumping the pollen out there hoping some of it gets to its intended target. When our bodies encounter this pollen, they can react by histamine being released. The nasal passages, the area around the eyes, um, lungs, these are areas extremely rich in histamine-producing cells. And so when the pollen comes into your eyes or into your nose or when you breathe it in, if your body doesn't like that pollen, since you are not its intended target, then histamine is released, and that histamine causes swelling of the tissues. It causes the production of mucus, so your eyes run or your nose run. You feel like you're having a hard time breathing because it feels like there's fluid. And, of course, one of the kind of home remedies that people have often suggested for this is if you're allergic to pollen, eat pollen. The problem is that the only pollen you can eat is bee pollen, right? And yeah. Wind-pollinated plants are never visited by bees. Mm. So the so bee pollen is never the pollen that you're reacting to. It okay. can't be. So it doesn't really work, eating honey, eating pollen, you know, in, unless you have a very strong belief that that will, and then it could. But physiologically, it's not actually working. What can work is anything that slows down or damps down that histamine so if you go to the drugstore with these symptoms they will say you an antihistamine right 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 something that counters histamine the herb that is most noted for acting in a similar way is an herb that's fairly rare grows far away from people use it but I use it in tiny amounts And I suggest that if you buy a one-ounce bottle of the tincture of this herb, that you at the same time buy three other smaller tincture bottles and divide it into four parts. Because an ounce of tincture of this plant is enough for four families for 50 years. Wow. Because we're using it in ounce. And the herb is Ligusticum porterite. 
it is known by the somewhat confusing name of OSHA. O S H A A. OSHA root grows in the Rocky Mountains at elevations over 8,000 feet. This is definitely not a plant in your backyard. It grows intermittent poison hemlock, <coughs> and it's a perennial root which has to be dug when there's no foliage, so you better know which roots you're getting. Okay. So you don't get the wrong ones, right? So we can already see that this is not a plant to mess with. I was uh, at my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, and my Aunt Rose walked into my room with her eyes red and her nose dripping, and she said, I figured there would be no pollen in California, how wrong I was, and I left all my antihistamines at home, and the drugstore is too far to walk to. I said, oh, dear, you're in the clutches of the herbalist, aren't you? (laughs) And she said, I guess so. I said, well, then go in the kitchen and get half a glass of water and come back. So she came back with her half a glass of water, and I, meanwhile, had my OSHA tincture out because I always travel with it. And I put four drops of OSHA tincture in her water, and she looked at me, and she looked at the water, and I said, you can drink that, and she drank it. And, again, it's not polite to read people's minds, but sometimes it's like a billboard across their forehead, you know. Like, Mm -hmm. she really expects this four drops of this really come on, right? (laughs) Ten minutes later, she's back in my room. She's going, what was that? That was more and faster than any drug I have ever taken. I said, it's OSHA, O-S-H-A, OSHA, Ligusticum porteri. It's the root of a perennial plant. Four hours later, she was back in my room. She said, I want more. I said, yeah, I know you do. But I tell you what, it's, this, this plant, it's kind of like a trick on your body mm-hmm. because it doesn't actually stop histamine production. It stops your cells from absorbing the histamine. Oh. So the histamine still be produced, but your cells don't absorb it anymore. But once the effect wears off, your cells start absorbing it again. And it's good because when you take an antihistamine, you can get a really histamine rebound right, from those drugs. And I said, so you're not going to get that from this because it's not doing mm-hmm. that. But you can only trick your body so far. And my experience you can only trick your body with this plant a couple of times a day. So I'm happy to give you another four drops now, or you can come to me before you go to sleep and get another four drops. She says, well, that's a given that I will come before I go to sleep and not now. And we got her through the whole week of festivities with four drops of, four drops at night. Wow. Now you see why a one-ounce bottle will last you forever. Yeah. Right, which is about a 1,000 drops in a one-ounce bottle. I was teaching at a site away from home. We had a potluck lunch. There was a woman, a student there, who was allergic to peanuts. And so the word had gone out, do not bring anything to the potluck lunch with peanuts in it. And somebody had stopped off at a healthy food store and gotten some prepared food, and it had been prepared with peanut oil, and she didn't know and didn't read the ingredients well enough. I had been allowed to take my food first, and I was off somewhere sitting talking to somebody and eating when somebody comes running over to me about as white as a sheet and says so-and-so ate something and it must have had peanut in it because she is turning blue mm-hmm. and I went running over to where she was sure enough she was about the color of blue jeans which is not a color we like to see on human faces and we were out in the country I mean they could call an ambulance but 
she's going to be dead before an ambulance gets there. So I levitated back to my room, grabbed my first aid kit, and hot-footed it back to her, got out the OSHA, pulled back her lip, because her mouth was like plant dust, and uh, put OSHA in her lip. I did not count. I just put some OSHA in her lip. And she went, and the woman whose house it was was calling, and she had pushed nine and one, and then she looked at her, and she didn't. She just hung up the phone because she was starting to get pink. That's amazing. It blocks the cell's ability to uptake histamine, and this is why I travel with it, in case I or anyone else should run into such a situation. I was... Um, domiciled up in an attic early in the spring and it's when the wasps crawl out and I take off my t-shirt by crossing my arms and pulling it up over my head so it's inside out and then I just reverse the procedure in the morning so when I reverse the procedure and put my t-shirt on a wasp had crawled into my t-shirt and stung me right in the armpit Ah, I didn't think anything of it really until about maybe 20 minutes later when I suddenly realized hmm golly gee look at that you're not breathing goodness, I'm having a reaction to that wasp sting because, you know, it got me in a really sensitive area and it had just come out of hibernation and the stuff in there is really like when they're coming out of hibernation. As a matter of fact, medical science has decided that no one is allergic to bee stings, that people don't know the difference between bees and wasps. There's absolutely nothing in bee venom that could make anyone allergic, but there's plenty of stuff in wasp venom that does. And uh, for I had my OSHA tincture. I took three drops of ocean tincture, and I was fine. This is incredible. So, um, so, so listen to what I'm saying now. It will help you, but don't overuse it. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, you're going to be drinking nettle infusion at least a couple of times a week. Okay, that's what I want. And most people find that if they are consistent in drinking nettle infusion, Within a year or two, their pollen allergies are a thing of the past. There's somebody here in the room nodding and saying, yes, that's what happened to her. And a great many people, if you want to, like, kind of speed up on this, you can buy, at some expense, freeze-dried nettle. Freeze-dried, okay. Eclectic Institute, they have done some studies with it and have found that it reduces the severity of pollen allergies. So, just to clarify, what do I do with the freeze dried nettle? If you're buying freeze dried nettle, it's in capsules and you're taking them. Oh, okay. okay. It's pricey stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Susan. This has been, like, really saving the day. I appreciate this so much. You're welcome. Green blessings. Good night. You too. And it doesn't look like she's going to show up. So um, there is another I know. (laughs) Yeah. And it looks like we didn't have the right I don't blame her for being asleep. It's the middle of the night in, in Amsterdam. Yeah, for sure. Um, there is another person that has their hand raised, so we can go to them and see if what their question okay, is good. in the seven eight. 
in the 787 area code? Hello. Hey. Hi, ladies. <laughs> Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> I am absolutely so lucky. I can't even believe it. <laughs> I got lucky again. So, Susan, I saw you um, this Thursday. You were running on the streets. <laughs> um, I was with my husband and daughters, and I, I was driving, and my husband is like, is that Susan Weed? <laughs> and I said, Susan Weed, it is. <laughs> so I can't believe that I ran into you on my trip, family vacation to New York. Well, fortunately, that, you did not run in. You stopped. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. I stopped and jogged along with you. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, exactly. it, so, <laughs> it was so cool to see you. And um, I have started reading your book. And any um, of the editing, should I just email your daughter with the suggestions for any of the editing parts? Which book are you reading? The book that you just wrote. That it's in the gallery. Well. Okay. Abundantly well. So, yes. No. Um, the best thing to do is to contact me directly. Okay. All right. Because I am making I'm a at, lot of I, notations. Okay. I am good. I am at P.O. Box 64. And that's okay. in Woodstock. Okay, we'll I, I will do that. If it's one two four nine eight, the easiest thing for me. So you have a galley copy. Yes. Okay. The easiest thing for me is if you return it to me. Oh, perfect. Okay, with the okay. like with the ink and, then, and all then, of that. I will, then I will return your money to you. Because you I don't need my money returned. All right, but that's authorized that I'm making to anybody. If they take the, a galley copy and they return it to me, they get their money back. You don't need your money back. That's fine, you know, uh, but I'm happy to do that. Uh, but, yeah, just mark directly on those pages yep. and give it back. And then if you want it back, just include a little note and say, when you're done with this, would you please send it back to me, and I will. Ah, that's what okay, you perfect. Do. Yeah, okay, yes. great. But to me, it's a galley copy. It's deficient in, like, a lot of respects. It doesn't have an index. The illustrations were somehow printed in grayscale instead of black and white. Uh, there's illustrations that have not yet been dropped into the book because they weren't finished in time. Um, so I'm encouraging people to enjoy the galleys, but to, you know, hold out for the real book. Yep. Yep. Okay? Yeah, right. and then... So basically, I have a, a, another question for you. Um, well, I didn't have a question, but I wanted to um, ask you a question. I My husband said to me maybe a week ago, he's like, when you're sleeping, he's like, it's like you stop breathing. So he thinks like I have sleep apnea because he's like, you're like breathing. And then all of a sudden, you're not breathing for like 30 seconds or so. And, it, and, and it's like you're gasping for air. Like you're like... But I don't realize that I'm doing that. So I'm not sure if there's anything in the herbal world that could help me breathe better or help whatever's going on when I'm sleeping at night, maybe. I'd... What is your favorite sleep position? 
like a fetus, like um, you know, curled sideways. up on your right side, on your right side or left side? Oh goodness, um, left side. Okay. Usually, if you're sleeping on your left side, then you're not gonna have blockages to your breathing. And my first question is, what's he doing awake in the middle of the night? But that's a question that we don't need to answer at all. Um, so, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to you breathe. You wouldn't be aware of it. You certainly would not be aware of it. One of the reasons that I originally got my Fitbit was that it said that it was a sleep tracker. And I was very, very, very interested um, in that. And what I saw, you know, at the first, that I was waking up over and over and over again. I might wake up like 20, 25 times during the night, and I had no awareness of that at all. But the Fitbit showed me that it was. And I said, I don't, stop this. I don't want to do this. And I simply, you know, said to myself, this is pointless. You do not need to do this. You're in, not in a place, you know, where there's a threat. Just go to sleep and stay asleep. And as I began investigating that, I found that um, one of the things that causes that kind of restless sleep is being too warm. And that your, um, uh, uh, your, your sleep is healthier if uh, it's colder in your bedroom. I remember Juliet de Berkeley Levy um, would never sleep in a room with a closed window. Now, granted, most of her life she lived in Israel and Greece and, you know, really like warm places. But even when she was in the Catskills, she went to sleep, that window came open, and there was fresh air in the room no matter what the temperature was outside. And as I, you know, began to read about that, I realized that what she was doing was not so much the fresh air, which was her, but she was chilling down the bedroom. Okay, yeah, because so I know that okay. I like it hot in my room, so yeah, that's probably... You like it hot, hot so that could, that could be part of it. Um, for some, some people get overheated because they, have, they go to sleep in sleepwear. And while it's certainly, you know, easier to be disrupted in your sleep if you're wearing something, your sleep will be better if you are not wearing anything. Really? Much better if you are the way you came in. <laughs> wow. I'm like annoyingly one of those persons that wears socks and everything to bed. Because <laughs> I get so cold. I, you know, I'm from the tropical place, so living in America is very cold for me. It feels so, so cold. I hear you. I hear you. It's called a temperate climate, and temperate means that there are huge temperature swings. You know, where I live, between summer and winter, the temperature swing is over 100 degrees. Mm. Wow. And I know, you know, I, I go to the tropics. I go to Costa Rica. It's a, you know, it's a, whoa, it's a degree hotter today. Uh-oh. Oh, it's really <laughs> cold. It dropped two degrees, you know. It's not a temperate climate. It's a tropical climate. It's really consistent. And even, and my daughter who goes back and forth between Costa Rica and here, 
is finding it harder and harder to adjust to the day length, too, after she spends time there where, you know, the sun rises at the same time every morning and it sets at the same time every night. And she's here, and it's like, oh, golly gee, how did it get to be like 9.30 and it's still light out there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because she's used to, you wake up when the sun comes up and then you go to sleep when the sun goes down and you simply can't do that in a temperate climate because the the day swing is is too big. So I really hear you. Um, one way to feel warmer in your body before you go to sleep without clothes and in a colder room is to do some kind of exercise. Okay. You know, and that could be, you know, five minutes as hard as you possibly can pedaling a bike. That could be okay. you have stairs. Do you have stairs in your house? Yes. I do. Run up and down the stairs five or six times? <laughs> yeah. Okay? And <laughs> and then you start to build inner fire, which I was introduced to by a Tibetan who called it Tumo. Tumo is inner fire. It's a, it is a, a, a form of chi, but it's a chi that you hold inside. <laughs> and in his shamanic training in Tibet, to pass yeah. his final exam, he was put out on a mountain where the temperature was below freezing and wrapped in a wet sheet, which he had to dry with his tumo. What? Oh, my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds amazing. Crazy. It is amazing. So you don't have to go that far. (laughs) Just a little tumo just to get you, you know, to bed. Feeling warm. Yes. Yes. But as, yes. but everybody notices, and you may have noticed too, that when you exercise, you feel warmer after the exercise than when you were doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's Tumo. That's that inner fire. And then, of course, there are techniques for gathering that and banking that and using that and having that accessible to you. But right now, just use a little bit of that before you go to sleep okay. to really warm up the inside of your body. That sounds possible? Sh- yeah, that sounds possible. So I shouldn't yeah. have to go to like, like a doctor and get tested for sleep apnea. If you want to. <laughs> I don't because they, they make you do like oh, well, they don't if you studies. don't want to. I think, I think you're okay without the test at this point. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Me too. The, uh, the other thing that you can do, and you can do this in conjunction with these other things, is to drink a cup of hot chocolate before you go to sleep. Oh, yes. I love hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that I could do, no problem, while running up the stairs, building my timid. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. I tell myself, you go up the stairs one more time, I'll get you a cup of cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> People think that chocolate contains caffeine. It doesn't. It contains some mm. related substances, but it doesn't actually contain caffeine. Uh, so it, it really is okay to drink and go to sleep. And, and many people find that, in fact, chocolate is somewhat soporific, somewhat is sleep-inducing. It's that the hot milk is the real thing there, right? Yes, that hot milk is delicious. But you that, know what? I want to know is, is this might be, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm having difficulties differ- differentiating 
white sugar versus cane sugar, is it the same thing when you say white sugar? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. So what kind of sugar can I add to that hot chocolate, like maybe maple syrup or honey? Oh, I use uh, I use white sugar, but I don't get refined white sugar. Oh, I get a less right. refined white sugar called sucanet. Yeah, sucanet. Or sugar, sucanet or sugar mm-hmm. in the raw. It's still sugar. Yes. Okay. You know, but it, but it has at least it hasn't been bleached. <laughs> right, and okay, that's what I, that's where my thinking. But get was. a little less like, poison. There's nothing right. wrong with. There is absolutely nothing wrong with sugar. As a matter of fact, there's no off switch on sugar cravings. You will eat any 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 organism will eat as much sugar as they can get. <clears throat> All right. So what causes us to want sugar is lack of minerals. Uh-huh. And when we're really mineral rich, then we don't crave sugar. We still enjoy it. We're always going to enjoy sugar. What do you call somebody you love? Sugar bed, uh, honey, honey, sweetie yes. pie. We think, I mean, oh, let's be clear here. You know, we love we love sweets. <laughs> Eat dessert first, <laughs> right? Oh, the show is over. It's nine thirty. It's done. <laughs> it cut us both. <laughs> <laughs> 